0: Welcome to The Watcher's Diaries, a weekly podcast all about Buffy. I'm Mary. And I'm Froggy. And this week we're talking about Season 3, Episode 2, Dead Man's Party. This is one of my favorites. So I have just one announcement this week, and that is that I think we should have our first book club episode of the season in three weeks. Sounds good to me. after Beauty and the Beasts... We'll take a bit of a break and finally head over to join Kate and the crew for Pax de Monica. Oh, going to Italy. Going to Italy. Fucking Stuart. Oh, a link to the book. This uh, will be in this week's show notes. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's, let's get into this. Let's
1: just, let's go. Let's do it. Let's have a party.
0: Uh, Dead Man's Party, it aired October 6th, 1998, and our synopsis is... Buffy tries to make amends with her mom and the gang as zombies disrupt her welcome home party. So the title this week is obviously a reference to Oingo Boingo. Yeah. The band having put out a song of the same name in 1985. And we will make sure to throw the song up on our social media channels at some point this week because it is delightful. It is. Anything by Oingo Boingo is delightful. Yes. And speaking of titles, what do we have, Froggy?
1: We have a lot of great titles this week. Yay. So last week we only had two because it was called Anne. But this week, in Armenian, we have the Feast of the Dead. Ooh. Everything everything sounds like it could be a legitimate horror movie title. Okay. In Czech we just have Night of the Living Dead, mm. Finnish, Feast of the Dead Man, French, La Masque de Cordolfo, which is Cordolfo's mask. And I liked I liked French and the German in the original. Who is Cordova? It's the mask. You, Giles, says it very quickly later, like in the episode when they're when he gets with the mask. But he says the mask belongs to like Ovumans. There's so something. I have it in my notes. There's something. There's something with the mask. Like he does say it very quickly at one point. Okay. okay. But in, uh, in German, we have "Die Nacht der Lebenden Toten," Night of the Living Dead. Hungarian, Night of the Dead. Italian, Party of the Living Dead. Oh, I like that. Polish, Party with Zombies. I like that too. <laughs> Portuguese from Brazil, The Party of the Dead. Roma- Romanian, Dead Man's Mood. <laughs> I mean, they are in a mood. <laughs> they are in a
0: mood. <laughs> they are
1: in a mood and that mood is very angry. And then in Spanish from both Latin America and Spain, La Fiesta del Muerto, which is The Party of the Dead. Oh, it's hard to tell which one I like the best. There were so 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 many good ones this week. We might have to use the RNG when choosing one this I week because yeah. they're so good. Yeah, yeah. No, like, I like Dead Man's Mood takes it for the just funniest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Party. With, I think Party with Zombies. I'm kind of. I do like Party with
0: Zombies, and it's very descriptive. <laughs> yeah, like it's a party, and there's zombies. So we do get a previously on this week covering Buffy's telling Joyce, her leaving, being kicked out of school, sending Angel to hell, waitressing in LA, and finally coming home. Just in
1: case you forgot everything
0: that happened. Right. Everything that's brought us to this moment. Yeah, a lot brought us to this moment. We then go to Buffy's room where she's unpacking her duffel, getting resettled in. Finishing up, she stands looking around her room and looking a bit, I don't know, overwhelmed by it all. Is that the right word? I yeah, think that might be the right word.
1: Overwhelmed. Just, yeah. There, you can see that there, and this is another good example of Sarah's expression and act, yes. her, her face acting. Like she she portrays what's going on in Buffy's head very well without even any lick of dialogue. And the music, yeah. the music also helps. Ah,
0: oh, the music is fantastic.
1: Yeah, the, the music at different points in this, this episode
0: really shift things. She grabs a sweater from her closet and goes to find her mom, who is hanging a scary-ass oh mask my God. on her wall. So many questions. Buffy calls out to her, which startles her a bit <laughs> and causes her to put a hole in the wall. Seems she got a little too used to the quiet while Buffy was away. But it's fine. The mask hides the hole perfectly. See? It's Nigerian. They just got a whole shipment in at the art gallery. Just, just, I, I don't... I, 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 I know she doesn't care about this, being a black arts smuggler and all, but I don't think you're supposed to bring the priceless artifacts Oh. I that's that's where I
1: have always been confused about Joyce's job, like stuff coming to her house to catalog it because she is a single mom and, you know, there's things that she can do from home. But being allowed to take stuff home, plus who else is at this gallery? don't know because she she always talks about them and they like they said she could bring some home like i that's that's why we talk about about black market smuggling because there's so many things about joyce's job that's just questionable makes
0: no goddamn sense
1: no it doesn't we need to reach out to some sort of small gallery owner and talk to them (laughs) (laughs) about like are you allowed to bring priceless artifacts home and
0: hang them up in your bedroom Joyce thinks the pieces will lighten up the room. <laughs> Buffy tells her the mask is angry at the room, that it wants the room to suffer. This is again,
1: another one of my favorite quotes from the series.
0: Oh yeah, and she's not wrong. No,
1: no, it's angry at the room. It wants the room to suffer. Like, yeah, no, I am 100% with Buffy on this. Joyce tells her she has no appreciation for primitive art. Then neither do I, cause you know what? I would like to appreciate it in a museum.
0: I was gonna say like okay one again we don't bring home the primitive artifacts yeah. and two we can appreciate primitive art and not like the thing that looks like it wants to eat my face i know
1: it like those teeth and those eyes like joyce I, look you know what joyce is going through some stuff we can understand her
0: apparent lack of judgment with this one piece Joyce then notices the sweater in Buffy's hands and asks if she's going out. Oh, well, only if it's okay. She kind of wants to find Willow and Xander. And will she be slain? <laughs> only if they give her lip.
1: She, rem- I think I said this before, but she reminds me so much of Debbie from Queer as Folk. Yes. Like in this, especially in this season when she's trying to understand Buffy's whole thing. Like she she definitely has that kind of energy.
0: Joy says she can make Buffy a sandwich or something before she goes. She must be hungry. She was, until the four-course snack her mother fed her following dinner. She could drive her. You know, they could be anywhere. Buffy tells her mom that if she doesn't want her to go, she can just say so. No, no. She just wants to put this whole thing behind them. Get back to normal. She should go. See her friends. The scene changes and we're in an alley, most likely the same alley we're always in. A truck rumbles by as Buffy walks alone, I guess headed towards the bronze. I think that's probably where I would say where she's going. That seems like the most. Like I probably would have started with their houses, but okay, I
1: probably would have started at Giles.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But then again, Buffy's just not... She's still not
0: in a good frame of mind yet. She's just walking along when a noise off to the side catches her attention. She rounds the corner to see a guy in a dark coat walking along. Okay, I know (laughs) it is probably only because I've watched this episode a million times. And also because I know what's coming. But I thought, even from the back of the head, that it was pretty fucking obvious who that was. I think,
1: again... Buffy is not in the best frame of mind. I, She's not expecting what's going to be coming up. That's true. And plus the outfit that he's wearing... <laughs> With the popped, the leather jacket with the popped collar. Oh, I
0: thought it was like a peacoat.
1: Whatever. Either way, with the popped collar, it is not his normal.
0: No, it's it's not his Xander look.
1: It's not his normal look. Although this look here, like this is kind of like what he keeps coming back to now from yeah. like his this is kind of his evolution of his wardrobe because he went he ends yeah. up he does end up wearing like a lot of like the white undershirt tank tops and stuff. Yeah, we're starting
0: to move away from, like, this the skater kid. Yeah. Look. She sneaks up on him, attempting to get closer when she accidentally steps on a can. He whirls around, stake at the ready, and we see that it's Sander. Yay! Sander, who is very surprised to see Buffy. <laughs> she grabs the stake with a, Didn't anyone teach you not to play with pointy objects? It's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. Uh, Do we think they knew at this point? Um, no. Because... That's, that's, that's a, that's a nice little bit of foreshadowing there. I,
1: I, I honestly don't think so because it's so far in the past. Okay. And also it's. It's just a like. It's an
0: expression. Like they may have come back to this moment. Maybe that was that was also that was also Panda's theory. That like when they were like, we need a character that's going to lose an eye. And They were like, well, you know, we have that whole moment in season yeah. two. Yeah, we could like yeah, where like they were like, oh, we could connect to yeah. this, but. You know what, that's that's
1: going to go on my list for Marty. Okay, especially because she did. And especially because she wrote this episode. Yes, she
0: did, which is why it's utterly fantastic. Yes.
1: So, yeah, that's that's on the list of. So were you planning to
0: have Xander lose an eye when you wrote the line? It's all fun and games until someone loses an eye. Yeah, because like I do know there are certain things they did know. Yes. Like one character was always going to end up. Queer. Yes. But there was a debate, you know Will like get <sighs> when when well that's why I said queer, not gay. Yes, yes. Um, and like when he was asked in earlier seasons about Willow being a watcher, the creator did say no, I always knew where Willow was going. Yeah. So like and obviously because we started sowing the seeds of that very early on. Yeah, yeah. So like there are some things they knew, so that's why I was like, Oh, is that <laughs> Either way, it is a nice little, a nice little, uh, yeah, a when tidbit you... that we'll connect to later. Yes, much later. Still in a bit of shock, Xander tells her that she shouldn't sneak up on people like that. <laughs> For a moment, he looks like he may hug her. And then a vampire comes crashing through a nearby wall. Aww. It goes to attack as the walkie-talkie Xander has to him <laughs> crackles. I, just, I love this, this whole, whole thing. This whole scene is, again,
1: it's a very Keystone Cops hilarious type of thing cordelia asking
0: nighthawk if everything is okay. Nighthawk?
1: Nighthawk. Buffy's
0: confused by the code name. The two of them start to battle the vamp but he quickly gets Xander down and Buffy up against a fence. That's when the rest of the Scoobies come running pulling the vampire off of Buffy and forcing him against the back wall. They go to stake him but he throws them off as well. Cordelia ends up in front of Buffy while Oz and Willow end up on the ground <laughs> beside Xander. Cordelia noticing who it is she's in front of greets Buffy with a hey! Right before Buffy pushes her out of the way and stakes said vampire herself.
1: I like how every Everybody falls onto the ground <laughs> in a line.
0: Yeah, because that, that just then you have that great moment where it just pans across it pan, them. Yeah, it pans all across them. Turning to the assembled Scoobies, she gives them a meek, "Hey guys, <laughs> credits." Yeah. We return from the credits to right outside Giles' door. Oh, everything is going to just get more and more awkward from here. Oh, yeah. Where Buffy is very hesitant to knock. Maybe it's too late. They should come back tomorrow. What if he's mad? Mad? Xander looks at her. Why? Just because she ran away and abandoned her (laughs) post and her friends and her mom and made him lay awake every night worrying? (laughs) Maybe they should all wait out here. Buffy knocks and the door opens, the point of view switching so that the audience sees what Giles does. I, I Buffy, love, love standing there with the four Scoobies. Giles, your children are all here. He too seems in a bit of shock, and so Xander decides to lighten the mood by saying, The Watcher is back on the clock. And <laughs> just when Giles was considering a career change, becoming a looker or a seer. Oh, Xander.
1: Uh Xander Giles
0: is most definitely a looker.
1: Yeah. Oh, he is. He is. And this is, this is again, Xander at his most awkward trying to lighten the
0: mood. Giles thanks him sarcastically and focuses his attention on his slayer, telling her welcome home. Inside Giles' apartment, Buffy and the others sit around talking. Buffy telling them how she got in a few hours ago, but obviously went to see her mom first. Giles asks how she found her and Buffy says she pretty much remembered the address. (laughs) The joke makes Giles smile from the kitchen. A teapot whistles and he goes to check on that as Oz informs Buffy she's no longer wanted for murder. So, yeah, like we like we said in our discussions in Becoming, it's a very small throwaway line. But they do make sure to mention that, hey, Buffy doesn't have this murder charge hanging over her head. Yeah, she's she's
1: able to be out in public and not have to worry about. Being arrested.
0: Good, because that whole thing was such a drag. Xander then asks where she was. Did she go to Belgium? <laughs> Laugh. Buffy asks why would she go to Belgium? The more relevant question, according to Xander, is why wouldn't she? Belgium. Belgium. <laughs> okay. So how 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 do you hate this dork? I know,
1: because you know we could we could devote like a whole bonus episode on breaking down all of people's
0: complaints about him. Right, like, we're just going to do an episode on, like, in defense of Xander Harris. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. And we're probably going to get so much hate for it. But you know what? All of you people who, who are here with us, thank you, because we feel sometimes that we're the only people in existence who don't hate
0: Xander. Yeah, and so, like, if you guys are still with us, you obviously are okay with our constant... Defense of Xander, so yay! Like, and again, and and
1: everybody has heard. Like we will say when Xander isn't being the
0: best that he can be. Yes, like we're go- we're gonna have to call him out a bit this season. This yes, we will. We 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 I mean, we're do also not- gonna have to call out Willow, but we're gonna have to call him out a bit this season. Yes,
1: we will call we will call Xander out anytime that he is being not the best person, but he is not as bad as people. Mm-mm. And again, it's, it's just, uh. Oh. anyway, let's go save that for the
0: uh, save that for a bonus episode. Their conversation fades into the background as we join Giles in the kitchen. He's just taken a moment, a moment to feel joy and relief at the fact that Buffy is back, that she is safe, and that his little herd of ducklings is once again complete.
1: I love this scene of him just in the kitchen taking off his glasses, taking a moment to breathe, and he smiles.
0: And you just, you're like seeing all the tension mm-hmm. leave you, his body. And you see,
1: like you see, you see all the emotions at once. And again, this is just to the credit of Anthony's mm-hmm. acting. And to think about how Giles started out at the beginning of the series, he was starting out as trying to be the perfect watcher.
0: Trying to keep his distance. Trying to keep his
1: distance, <laughs> trying to be aloof. And he realized that With this Slayer, he couldn't do that. And he genuinely cares for this band of idiots that follow behind her. These little idiot children. They're his idiot children. They're his idiot children. I mean, like, somehow he keeps gaining more
0: of them. The moment over, he picks up the tea tray and carries it into the other room. Cordelia wants to know if Buffy was living in a box. (laughs) Buffy tells her it's a long story. And Xander says to skip the parts about the kindly old people and saving the farm and just get to the dirt. (laughs) Giles comes to the rescue then, saying that perhaps Buffy needs a bit of time to readjust before they start grilling her. Yeah, what he said. Vander says that's cool. She can even leave the slaying to them if she wants. They have that whole thing down. She noticed. Cordelia mentions that the outfits kind of suck, though. The whole Rambo thing? so over. She's thinking something more sporty. Like, he'll figure. Willis says they were getting good, though. (laughs) Staking nine out of ten vamps. Oz whispers, six out of ten. (laughs) to her and willow corrects herself they're staking six out of (laughs) ten they're so cute whatever xander says point is they were kicking undead booty buffy thanks them for the offer but says really she just wants to get back to her old routine school slayage the whole thing in fact she was jonesing for a little brainless fun what are they all up to tomorrow xander says he would but He's kind of tied up. He lays his hands on Cordelia's leg and she playfully pushes him off with a you wish. (laughs) Well, what about Willow? Friends don't let friends Jones alone. Willow says she kind of had some schoolwork to do, but she guesses she could rearrange things. Speaking of school, Giles starts to bring up that Buffy's going to have to speak with Snyder. She knows. Her mom's already setting up a meeting with his ugliness. She knows she could break him. Cue Snyder. Not breaking him. Nope. We're in his office and he is telling Buffy and Joyce, absolutely not, under no circumstance, Joyce frowns, he can't keep her out of school. He doesn't have the right. On the contrary, not only does he have the right, he has a f- sensation of physical pleasure at doing so. He'd describe it as tingly, which, ew. ew. Joyce reminds him that Buffy was cleared of all charges. True. But while she might live up to the not-a-murderer required for enrollment, she's still a troublemaker, dangerous to students and school property. I think we can all guess which of the two Snyder is more concerned about. Uh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm surprised that he didn't say school property first and then... Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, and then students as an afterthought. Uh, and, and And students. Yeah. Not to mention her grade point average is he stops himself apologizing. It's another tingle moment.
1: Ew, 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 ew. Ew. I love you, Armin Shimmerman, but ew. Somehow he's creepier as Snyder than he was as Quark. Mm Mm-hmm. Because at least as Quark, he was an alien from a weird alien
0: species. But this is a human that's just being Ew. Joyce doesn't understand how Snyder can be so cavalier about a young girl's future. Snyder is sure someone with Buffy's talents and abilities will land on her feet. In fact, he noticed this morning on the way in that Hot Dog on a Stick was hiring. She'd look so cute in that hat. More foreshadowing Mm -hmm. as Buffy, I mean, she will not work at Hot Dog on a Stick, but she will take a fast food job uh, later on. Yes. Having had enough, Buffy tells her mother that they should go. As they leave, Joyce says that this isn't over. If she has to, she'll go all the way to the mayor. (laughs) She slams out and Snyder takes a moment, smirking. Now, wouldn't that be interesting? I love that moment. So had the end of last season not confirmed it, I I think this moment 1000% does. Snyder knows exactly who and what Buffy is. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. And he knows knows what the mayor, like he knows that the mayor is... At least something to be reckoned with.
0: Yeah. Dropping Buffy off at the espresso pump, Joyce tells her not to worry about school. If nothing else, she can go to private school. <laughs> private school? Like with blazers and kilts. Does she want her to get field hockey knees? What about homeschooling? It, it's not just for scary religious people anymore. Joyce tells her they'll figure something out and tells her to say hi to Willow as Buffy climbs out of the car. And this is actually the first time we see downtown Sunnydale. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, we will see much more of this street and the stores on it as the seasons go on.
1: Yeah, there's you you get a feeling that, hey, look, there is more to this town. But again, it still looks too big for what this small town is supposed to be.
0: Yeah. I mean, this like Main Street area I can kind of deal with. It's but it is when you still take in everything Mm -hmm. that is going to be coming up. Yeah, yeah. But there is no Willow. Though Buffy waits. she never shows. Eventually, she just heads home, arriving right as one of her mom's friends, Pat, is leaving. Pat seems just thrilled to finally be meeting her. She's in Joyce's book club and kind of took it upon herself to look after Joyce while Buffy was off and away. She tells Buffy that between their whole situation and reading Deep End of the Ocean, well, one can imagine the wreck (laughs) Joyce was. Anyway, she needs to head off. They're making up in her Spanish class, but Buffy should go. Be with her mom. They need to rebond. That whole scene, I feel so bad for Buffy when
1: she's at the downtown area because that just highlights kids today. Teenagers don't understand what it was like to not be able to reach people.
0: That was literally all I could think of during that scene was like, oh my God. Yeah, this was our, like, we didn't have cell phones. yeah. So, like, if you got dropped off somewhere and someone didn't show, you either had to find a payphone or and try to figure out what was going on or, like, call your parents to come back and get you. Yeah. And, like, at that
1: and again, like, you know, let's like taking taking away everything that Buffy is going through and all her friends are going through. Like, let's just imagine for a second that Buffy is a regular person. Like, yeah. You know, like, we know that everyone is avoiding her because she's she's had her thing, they have their thing. But yeah, like, you expect your friends, a friend of yours, to show up and they don't back in the day. And you didn't know until you get home. And yeah, you are upset and a little, you know, hurt because you didn't know, like you were blown, you felt like you were blown off. And then you get home and you're like, oh, your mom's like, oh, yeah, so and so. So
0: That's the part that like I didn't get. And I got like, I I got a little annoyed at Joyce because, okay, obviously, like, yes, Pat was over. But then Joyce is like, oh, yeah, Willow called. She got held up. Why wouldn't you go back and get Buffy? Yeah, yeah. And how did Buffy get home? She walked because... But again, this is the thing that drives me crazy. Because apparently everything in Sunnydale is walkable. And yet it has like an airport and a beach and it's a desert and some like a woods and like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because like, because I get that. You know, they they had driven to the school and like she dropped her off at the downtown because they happened to be together, you know, and then Buffy is always going is always walking to the bronze. But then sometimes they need Giles to take them like, yeah, this the geography of this
0: town is so baffling. So we never see Joyce walk. So I think Joyce just prefers to drive. Uh Buffy and the kids often walk. It seems whenever they need Giles, it's because they need to get somewhere fast. Yeah. But I feel like walking is faster than Giles' car. (laughs) aw, It's a very nice car. It's just... Leave his
1: tiny French car alone.
0: Sorry. I'm sorry. Tiny French car. (laughs) Anyway, deep end of the ocean, is a 1996 novel about a suburban family whose <sighs> life is turned upside down when their younger son disappears only to reappear years later. It was made into a movie in 1999 with Michelle Pfeiffer in the role of the mother. And I actually remember both the book and the movie because I the do. book was one of those ones that like my aunt was reading and then she was like, here, read this. And then we went to go see the movie and it's good. I mean, yeah. it's, it's your typical Literally, like mom kind of book. Yeah, yeah, good.
1: like it. it definitely was that your mom's book club type of story. And then, of course, like after that book and the movie came out, all of the parents were freaking out Mm -hmm. because, you know, a child disappears.
0: Also, Pat annoys
1: me. Oh, Pat. Pat's she is that obnoxious suburban woman. Yeah, she is. Yeah, she is. She like she's also in because like she took it upon herself To Like, yes, Joyce needed somebody, but the way that Pat says it is just so condescending to Buffy. Uh
0: Uh-huh. Oh, that's condescending to Buffy this entire episode.
1: Yeah, she's... and, And again, like, yeah, nobody knows exactly why Buffy left, but the way Pat treats her is just...
0: It's just uh-huh. bad. <laughs> the actress, however, is fantastic. Oh, she is. She 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 plays that role very well. Yeah, it's Nancy Linehan, um, another actress whose IMDb page is just massive. Yeah, she's
1: another good character
0: actress. Yeah, she's done everything from The Facts of Life, Fairy Tale Theater, The Twilight Zone, Alf, Murphy Brown, Golden Girls, ER, Veep. Uh, It's pretty hard to find a popular series that she has not done at least one episode of.
1: Yeah. And again, she plays that character very well. She does. She's very
0: good at being like the neighbor who. (laughs) Mm hmm. Yeah. Heading into the kitchen, Buffy goes to grab a drink from the fridge as she tells her mom that Pat wishes them quality time. Joyce starts to explain where she met Pat, but Buffy lets her know Pat filled her in. That's when Joyce tells her Willow called. She did? Where was she? She said she got held up, but that she tried to call. Was there a message? No. But Joyce has an idea. What if she invited Willow and Mr. Giles and everyone else to dinner the next night? Wouldn't that be fun? Buffy kind of stares at her and Joyce says that since she already did, she was kind of hoping for a yes. (laughs) Buffy says she's sure it will be great. Joyce asks her to go to the basement and get the company plates and Buffy is taken aback. Willow and Giles and them are not company plates people. They are normal plates people. Joyce tells her they never have anyone over. So indulge her, please. I do appreciate that moment of, please, let me use
1: the company plates. I don't get to use the company plates often enough.
0: Right? We we never use the company plates. No. Down in the basement, which is starting to earn a reputation as a basement of doom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Whenever you have a horror movie,
1: horror series or anything, basements are never good. Basements are never good.
0: Basements and attics. They're just no-no places. No, no. Stay in the middle of the house. Buffy goes to get the plates. As she approaches to the shelf, she finds a picture of her, Xander, and Willow. Which I think is the same picture that was in the dining room area on Halloween. Yeah. So, okay, so this this is this whole thing just strikes me as odd. So did Joyce like take down all the pictures of Buffy while she was gone? Because that is just an such an odd thing to be in the basement. Yeah, I think it's just something that
1: was thrown in there like we just have to accept it for the plot yes yeah
0: because i'm like it's not like it's an old picture it's like a like yeah it doesn't seem like a thing you would have packed away yet yeah and and it doesn't seem like like i feel
1: like if there were any pictures of like buffy and her friends around the house and Joyce didn't want to look at them, I feel like she would have put them in Buffy's room. Because obviously she kept Buffy's room the same. It's only been three months.
0: Yeah, or just put them all in a box in the front hall closet. You wouldn't have like put them away in the basement. Yeah, so yeah, it's. I'm pretty much thinking it's just for plot. She looks at the photo for a moment, a little sad, and then places it back on the shelf. Reaching up, she goes to get the box of plates, and the movement causes a really dead cat. It is so dead. To come tumbling down and land on the floor beside her. It is not even, not even slightly dead. It is dead, dead. Buffy is sufficiently grossed out, as are we. Yes, we are. We feel you, Buffy. Joyce and Buffy bury the cat together in the backyard. Buffy saying that next time, she gets to pick the mother-daughter bonding activity. (laughs) Joyce asks if Buffy wants to say anything, and she's like, what? Thanks for stopping by and dying? (laughs) Joyce was thinking more... Goodbye, stray cat who lost its way. We hope that you find it. Joyce is clearly projecting some of her feelings from the summer onto the cat. Oh, yes. But that was a very sweet thing to say about the cat. It was a very sweet thing to say about the cat. That night, as Buffy attempts to sleep, and Joyce actually sleeps... The mask on the wall starts to glow, its eyes turning red. As it does so, the now no longer dead cat rises from its backyard grave and starts to wander off. We see Buffy wandering the halls of a completely deserted Sunnydale High. No one in the lounge, the classrooms, or even the library. As she makes her way out to the courtyard, also deserted, she runs into Angel. She tells him she thought they would be here. They are. They're waiting for her. Is she dreaming? He says he's the (laughs) wrong person. She then says she's afraid, to which he answers, you should be. Buffy begins to walk off and Angel hangs back, just watching. The school bell rings and well, we all know this is a dream. But just yes. in case, the ringing of the school bell coincides with Buffy's alarm going off. Her shirt in that scene.
1: Her shirt in that scene, that backless shirt was fabulous.
0: Oh, it's so pretty. Yeah. This, so the for, I had to watch this dream sequence like twice. Because like, mm-hmm. normally Buffy's dreams are pretty sh- not, like, pretty straightforward, but you understand yeah. why she's having them. And so the first time I watched it, I was like, did they just do this because they had to put David in the episode? But then, like, you kind of realize it's the feeling of disconnection. Yeah, She's yeah. where she's supposed to be. She's back, you know, in her element, but she feels completely alone.
1: Yeah, that's, that's exactly. And... The thing is, an angel is always on her mind. Yeah, like we've, we've, like she has so many dreams about Angel, and again, because she's a Slayer, you know, a lot of times, like I like to think, because of like the supernatural nature of the Hellmouth and what she does, like a lot of it is prophetic, and it does draw, you know, onto her from her emotions and from everything else. So yeah, it's definitely, and Angel is always on her mind, so that's why you always find Angel. Because, and again, because of their relationship, a lot of times if she didn't have the answers and she couldn't go to anybody else, she would go to Angel.
0: Yeah, and I I think this is going to kind of connect to what we'll see in a couple of episodes where... Mm -hmm. Styles keeps pushing her to yeah. say what happened because she's not going to be able to to fully let go and accept yep. what she had to do, and and almost until she voices it, until she yeah. says like, "Okay, look, this is what happened. It opened, and I yeah. had to do this."
1: Yeah, and a lot of, uh, and again, like, and I a thing I love about what's leading up to that moment is just. How Buffy has to compartmentalize everything, you know, Mm -hmm. this is what and she still has a lot of that Slayer mentality, even though she depends on her friends. This is my job. This is my thing. I'm the one that has to handle this. I have to, you know, so like she's still trying to keep her friends out of certain things when really we all know that she's at her strongest when she lets her friends in,
0: well, yeah, because we're just we're just adding on to her. Like everyone in my life gets hurt because yeah. you know Merrick died, mm-hmm. Jesse died, Miss Calendar has now died, and now she had to kill Angel. Yep. So, like, I let people close, bad things happen. So, as much as she loves her friends, depends on her friends. There is always going to be that. Yeah. I also need to protect you. You need to stay over here. Yes. Yes.
1: And also, like, she sees, then she sees her friends, like, going out and doing her job.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I mean, that can't help that, like, she's, I mean, at this point, she does not know another one is coming. We will get to that next week. Yes, we will. you know, she was one of two. Now, you know, as far as her knowledge, one again. Yeah. She's supposed to be the one person in the world who can do this. And and she saw that she was replaceable. Yep. And not by another slayer. By her friends. By her friends. And it's just, yeah, it's. It's, it's, it's very much that, that feeling of being there, but not being there. Mm-hmm. Down in the kitchen, Buffy searches for some breakfast inspiration while Joyce talks. She's spoken to the superintendent of schools. He seems reasonable, much better than the bigoted little rodent man that is Snyder. <laughs> but as far as private schools go, Miss Porter's accepts late admissions. She checked and left the information on the counter for Buffy. A girl's school? So now it's blazers, kilts, and no boys? <laughs> all right, Miss Judgy, some of us went to girls school.
1: <laughs> <laughs> blazers, kilts, and no, and no boys. We did not have blazers, though. Okay. But you had kilts. We
0: had kilts. Joyce tells her that she made some bad choices. And because of that, she just might have to live with some consequences. You know what? Joyce is right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Just, just yeah. right. Like Buffy's,
1: Buffy's reaction is a very teenager reaction, though
0: no it's a completely normal reaction yeah, yeah but-, but i like
1: i like and i like the way that Bu- that that joyce voices that line yeah like yes this is like it's it's one of the first moments of acknowledging that buffy had made a choice and now there's consequences that she has to deal with like she can't just go back to life being normal
0: and I and I think I think that's going to carry over to the party later. I know yeah. we have a lot to talk about when we talk about the conversation that happens in the party. But I don't remember if Buffy at one point in the party says she had to leave, and it's like, no, no, you made that choice. Yeah, yeah. So, but like I said, we there's yeah, a ton yeah. to talk about about the party. We'll
1: we'll there's a lot there's a lot that goes on at that point. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Even even without the zombies. Even without the zombies, even without the guy answering the phone for and
0: looking for oh Buffy. <laughs> RIP. <A>. <laughs> she just she doesn't understand why Buffy needs to be so secretive about everything. She has a special circumstance. People should make accommodations. <laughs> Buffy tells her mother that she's the Slayer. That's not quite the same as being differently abled. Though she says it in a much more 90s and uh, slightly problematic. Yes. Sort of way. Yeah, but what if she only told a few people like Principal Snyder and the police? Buffy looks absolutely horrified (laughs) at that thought. Oh, no. But Joyce continues. We're there with you, Buffy. <laughs> she thinks they would be happy to have a superhero around.
1: Is that the right term? Oh, that is why she reminds me so
0: much of Debbie. <laughs> yes, she's just, she's so cute. Joyce is also very much trying. She yeah, is. She is. During all this, Joyce has been gathering up the trash. And when she opens the door to take it out, the no longer dead cat runs right in. Mm-hmm. Surprising both Buffy and Joyce. Who apparently called Giles? <laughs> because there he is, arriving shortly after with a cage. Buffy welcomes him to the Hellmouth Petting Zoo <laughs> before pointing him in the direction of her mom's bedroom. <laughs> Reaching under the bed, Giles pulls out said cat, who very vocally protests. Placing him in the cage, he complains about the stench, which I assume is the stench of death. Yes, Buffy says she wanted fresh pine, but her mom insisted <laughs> on dead cat. <laughs> Giles says he'll take the cat back to the library and see if they can't determine its exact origin. He then turns to go, and as he does so, he notices the art hanging on Joyce's wall, particularly the mask. Interesting choice. Nigerian? Yes, actually. She has a wonderful dealer who specializes in ancient artifacts. Again, you don't get to take (sighs) them (sighs) home!
1: Joyce. Joyce, Joyce. Joyce. We love you, Joyce, but we, we have questions for you.
0: Interrupting the two of them, Buffy says, this is great, really. She could talk art all day, but they have work to do. Giles, research mode. Giles, trying to be gentle, Mm -hmm. asks if she wouldn't rather stay with her mom. He's sure they have catching up to do still. And Joyce, she's trying to be supportive. So she says, no, it's fine. Buffy can go with him. Only she can't. She's not allowed on school grounds. Oh, right. (laughs) Giles, now having brought the awkward, says that he'll let them know if he discovers anything. And Joyce reminds him that they'll see him tonight. Yes, tonight should be fun. The library where Oz is oddly fascinated by the not dead cat. It's it's a very Oz moment. Oh, it's such an Oz moment. Oz, this is this is this whole scene is Oz's moment to shine.
1: This yeah, everything, everything in this scene from this moment till the end of it is such an is so good. It looks
0: dead. It smells dead. And yet, it's walking around. <laughs> That's fascinating. Cordelia remarks, nice pet, before asking Giles if he likes anything normal <laughs> golf, USA Today. He's trying to figure out what caused it to rise from the dead. He's not taking it home and giving him a saucer of milk. <laughs> well, Oz likes him. He thinks they should call him Patches. <laughs> That's when Willow brings up Buffy's welcome home dinner. She told Joyce they'd all help bring the stuff. Cordelia quickly announces that she's the dip. <laughs> Everyone looks at her and Xander says, one has to admire the purity of it all. What? Onion dip. Stirring, not cooking. It's what she brings. Austin says they should really figure out what kind of deal the whole dinner thing is. Is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hoot-nanny? Cordelia asks, what's the difference? Well... A gathering is Brie, mellow song stylings. A shindig is Dip. <laughs> and and Cordy is so proud of herself. Less mellow song stylings. Perhaps a large amount of malt beverages. And Hoot Nanny. <laughs> wow. It is chock full of Hoot and just and a, a little, little bit, bit of Nanny. Of nanny. <laughs> 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 I, just, I love everything about I this. I know. Moment. I also say like whenever, whenever uh-huh. the word "hoot nanny" comes up yep. in anything, yep, I immediately follow it with "chocolate full, full of hoot", hoot and, just and just a little, little nanny. bit of nanny. Sander says he hates Spree. <laughs> Cordelia agrees. It smells like Giles's cat. I- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny right I, now. This is terrible. I,
1: I love, and the thing is, I love Brie. But any, oh, t- t- anytime I have Brie, I think, it smells like Giles' cat.
0: <laughs> of course we love Brie. It is a staple of our fancy lady Oh, snack. yes, yes, yes. Mm. Giles begins to protest that it's not his cat. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: yeah, I don't know. I don't know why this is so funny.
0: <laughs> when
1: Xander continues. You know what? It's, it's just... The quality of the dialogue, the delivery, the way everything goes back and forth. It's just a nice lightning of everything. Because right after this, now we're going to bring it down again.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I think this whole scene, like we said, like not only is it Oz's time to shine. I think this whole scene is some of Marty's like, it's her writing at her finest. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And, and, And again, like her writing, everybody's delivery of their lines
0: the beats are absolutely perfect oh yeah xander continues what would they talk about at a gathering anyway so buff meet any nice pimps on your travels and oh yeah thanks for ruining our lives for the past three months willow scolds him and though he doesn't apologize he does shift his direction she clearly doesn't want to talk about it they don't really want to talk about it so why don't they just shut up and dance Buffy did say she wanted to lighten up, have some kid time. Willow turns to Oz. Aren't they rehearsing tonight? They could play at the party. He says he thinks he could make that happen. Giles isn't so sure, though. He doesn't think a shindig, hoot nanny. <laughs> hoot nanny is the order of the day. Giles he thinks is right. they should keep it intimate. After all, Buffy did just get home. She might still be feeling a little disoriented. All the more reason they should make her feel welcome. And a party says, welcome home, Buffy. Xander claps Giles on the back. So there's one vote <laughs> <cheese> night. Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> I do not know what's going on with us this morning. I, I this don't is know. Hysterical. It's uh, my vote is for the stinky cheese. Right? I would also be voting for the stinky cheese. <laughs> yes.
1: Like we 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 literally had a weekend a few weeks ago
0: where we ate. Stinky cheese. We did, and it was delightful, and it was beautiful. Anyone for actual fun? The rest all raise their hands. Cordelia voting twice, and Xander <laughs> declares fun the winner. Giles just says he's glad to have her back and to slowly get back to normal. Of course, as he's talking, he totally misses the picture of the mask uh, in the book. I was trying not to. I trying not to
1: scream at the TV. Look at the book. Like I like. I, I like that shot though. Of, it's him, a great shot. of him looking away in you know in the foreground and it's all blurry and then just that shot of the mask the summer's
0: home Buffy looking adorable she's, in a pink dress she's so cute has set the table with the company plates hearing the doorbell ring she goes to answer it and finds Pat. She greets Buffy, making a joke about flights of fancy, and then tells her that Joyce said there was room for one more. So of course she said, forget facial night, let's party. She bets Buffy likes empanadas. I like empanadas. I love empanadas. <laughs> she hands Buffy the Tupperware she's been carrying, and Buffy, awkwardly, asks if she wants to see her mom, please. Mom! <laughs> Again,
1: another very teenager. Yes. Look, if somebody came to my, like, as much as I don't like Pat, if somebody came to my house with empanadas, I would take the empanadas and push her out the door.
0: (laughs) Right? Like, (laughs) thank you for these empanadas.
1: Please
0: leave. (laughs) We will return the Tupperware to you later. Joyce comes down the stairs, so delighted to see Pat. Buffy doesn't mind, does she? The two walk away as, once again, the doorbell rings. This time, it's Devin and the rest of the Dingoes, <laughs> asking Buffy where she wants the band to set up. The band? We skip to a bit later, the party now in full swing. The Dingoes play as many Sunnydale High students mingle throughout the first floor. Buffy makes her way through the crowd to where Willow is watching the band. This is... big. Does she like it? It's great. Just... Buffy thought it would have been nice for it to be just them. What? (sighs) Buffy tries again. She was kind of hoping for something, just the gang. Willow makes the universal, I can't hear you over the music motion and Buffy gives up or starts to give up. She begins to walk away and then turns heading back to Willow and motioning for her to follow her someplace quieter. Once alone, Buffy asks her if everything is okay. Because it kind of seems like Willow's been avoiding her in the whole one-on-one sense. What? No, there's no avoidance. Because see, there she is, there Willow is, talking one-on-one. So then they're cool? Yeah, totally. Okay. Willow then heads back towards Oz, leaving Buffy alone. So this episode and the scenes coming up, they're, they're a hard one. Because you feel for Buffy. Yes. You You do. Three months have gone by, and suddenly she feels like a stranger in her own life, which we just talked about with the dream and the slaying and stuff. And yeah, she ran away, told no one. But the previous summer, she spent most of it, if not all of it, in Los Angeles with her dad. Mm Mm-hmm. Xander and Willow even say they barely spoke to her because, you know, she was processing having died. Yeah. And yet when she returned, they welcomed her back with no problem, attempted to pick up where things left off. So I can see where Buffy expected this to be a bit of the same.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, at the end of the season, Buffy was expelled. And again, we'll we'll get the conversation with her and her mom, but going from Buffy's Buffy's point of view... She was expelled from school. She was wanted for murder. Her mom told her if she left, she could never come back. Yeah. So from the teenager point of view, too, and and Buffy having so much happen in that episode, Kendra dying, you know, having to do everything with Angel, having to reveal to her mom that, you know, and she was told never to come home. So she felt like she couldn't. She like, she couldn't come back. And it's just it's such a sad it's just so sad because everybody wants to get back to normal. But everybody is doing the thing where we don't want to talk about it. Yeah, we're not. We don't talk about Buffy. And like talk about Buffy.
0: No, no. Yeah. So okay. nobody
1: nobody wants to nobody wants to acknowledge what happened. They all just want to, they, they, everybody wants to go back to normal without doing the work yeah. that they're going to need to do to go back to normal. Oh hey, like, yeah. I like, I did get very mad at everybody because she was trying to talk to everybody, but they kept brushing her off like that, yeah. you know, and, and like, I got mad at Joyce for inviting Pat, Yes. Because Buffy wanted a dinner of the people who know her. Mm-hmm. The people who know knew what she went through. So, like, that would have been a great moment for all of them to sit down and talk.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do. I do get mad at the gang for the things they say to her because she, she did go through a lot of trauma. But then so did the gang. And, yeah. and that's where yeah. it gets hard. Yeah. Because... Their anger, their hurt is just as justifiable as Buffy's hurt. Because that's that's why I say I'm mad at everybody, including Buffy, like everybody. Because, yeah, Buffy Buffy was the one who had to stab Angel, but they all lost Jenny. Giles was tortured. Yeah. Willow and Xander were injured. They all went through this trauma yep. and then she she left them
1: yeah so everybody like everybody in this episode is justified
0: yes so we're mad at everybody and we understand everybody all at the same time yes yes we're mad
1: and we understand <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I, I think part of me is really really extra mad at Joyce for inviting Pat because <laughs> fucking Pat like I'm annoyed that I'm annoyed that the Scoobies decided to make this huge party and invite people that aren't even involved when all Buffy wanted was just her family.
0: Yeah. Meanwhile, as the party continues, the mask upstairs continues to glow, (laughs) causing a hit-and-run victim to come back to life, his eyes opening as he stumbles off. Buffy comes across Xander and Cordelia making out, and while she tries to sneak past them, Xander catches her asking what she's up to. Just taking a break from all the wacky fun. Some kind of party, right? Guess a lot of people are glad she's back. Yeah, seems like people she doesn't even know missed her. (laughs) Did Giles say he was going to be late? Last time Xander saw him, he was library man, but he'll be there. He wants to celebrate her homecoming. They all do. Isn't that right? He taps Cordy, who's just been like kissing along his neck. I know.
1: She's like nibbling on his ear and that's a very very awkward moment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Totally. Except Xander was kind of turning her on with that whole boy slayer look. <laughs> was he? You bet, Nighthawk. <laughs> Buffy looks like she's about to be sick at this display and, and, and fair. And it's, you know what? It's 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 cute. It's disgusting. It's... Yeah, the, I, Like that's literally the next night in my notes. It's cute, but it, it's a lot. It's
1: a lot. Yes. But you know what? I love it because it just goes to show again Cordelia's shift in attitudes toward
0: her dating and Xander. As the mask continues to do its thing, a burn victim rises from the dead and slaughters the doctors who, just called to do, has, who has just called his time of death. Not sure what else to do, Buffy starts attempting to clean up. As she does show, she hears a few people discussing the party, and it's clear they're not here for her. They don't even know who the party is actually <laughs> for. Rumor is it's a chick who just got out of rehab. In the kitchen, Joyce and Pat take a shot. Pat asking how Joyce is really holding up. <laughs> she says she's not sure. When Buffy was gone, all she could think about was having her home. Like, she knew if she could just hug her, then everything would be okay. But now that she's there, it's almost made things worse. What the fuck, Joyce? I know. Joyce! Like, I would I would I would like to believe that there is more to that statement. And that there's a bit of clarification that makes it seem not so awful. Yeah, but we don't know because we don't hear anything past that. Instead, we follow Buffy, who's just overheard this. And and I like I
1: completely understand Buffy. She's so overwhelmed. She feels like nobody cares that she's back.
0: Yeah, and now um, her mom is basically saying it's horrible that she came back. Yeah. So like, I totally get Buffy being like, "Fine, whatever. I'm out." Yeah.
1: What did I, what did I come back for?
0: Yeah. Nobody needs me here. So yeah. So Buffy goes up to her room and pulling a duffel bag out from under her bed, she begins packing again. Unaware that the mask is still very angry at the room (laughs) and at all of
1: them. The, The mask, the mask is so angry. So angry.
0: And not only that, it's kind of causing co- zombies to start stumbling towards the Summer's house. Yeah. And Patches to go crazy. Howling away in his cage, Giles finally figures out everything. Oh, finally. Seeing the mask in the book, and he immediately goes to the phone to warn Buffy and the others. But with the party raging on, nobody hears it at first. I mean, there's a phone in the kitchen. So Joyce and Pat should have heard. Whatever, whatever, whatever. Eventually, though, one of the drunk party goers does answer the phone, but he can't really hear Giles and he's only half listening, more concerned with people doing shots. <laughs> and so at first he thinks he's saying bunny, then buddy. Oh. When no buddy answers, he tells Mr. Belvedere he has the <laughs> wrong house and hangs up. I do like I do like the scene with this guy, like
1: with the phone. Just oh, like, yeah. eh? Eh? We got- nope, nope and calling him Mr. Belvedere. Giles
0: immediately grabs his coat and rushes off. So, Mr. Belvedere, I used to love that show. I loved that show so much. It's such a good show. Uh, It was a sitcom that ran on ABC from 1985 to 1990, and it starred Christopher Hewitt as the title character, who was an English butler who takes a job with an American family, I believe in Chicago. So, one of the most interesting things I remember about this show, and you know, we talk about how Buffy was very groundbreaking and, and Buffy did a lot of things that no other show did. Mr. Belvedere was one of the first sitcoms to address HIV. Yes. And uh, they had a whole plot with the episodes being that one of the youngest son's friend, he contracts HIV after receiving a blood transfer as a treatment for hemophilia. And I, I distinctly remember this episode. Yeah,
1: it, it, it was very, yeah, for the time, You didn't have any
0: shows dealing with HIV. Well, no, especially because 85 to 90 was the middle of the AIDS crisis.
1: And in that and for for, you know, the the younger listeners at the beginning of the AIDS crisis, it was known as a gay disease because they were only they were mostly seeing it in gay men. And that's part of the reason why it didn't get the attention that it should have. And, I mean,
0: obviously, as that episode highlighted, you, it, people were getting it through blood transfers. And that's yeah. why that episode did that. Because it was showing that, like, this is something that can happen in a multiple ways. It's not... I mean, it... I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to choose my words very carefully. Yeah. But, I mean, like she was saying, and the AIDS crisis, it was, it was basically known as something degenerates. Yes. Got gay yeah. men, drug users. And it yeah. was like, no, this... Can happen in a multitude of ways. This can happen to anyone, and, and the whole point of that episode is that, like, parents start calling for this kid to be called out, like, to be pulled out of school. They start shunning him, and then, you know, the title character, Mr. Belvedere, sits these kids down and talks to them about how this is not something you shun someone over. Mm-hmm. It's an illness like any other and that their friend needs their love and support. And I mean this was a huge yeah deal for it this was. part of time. It was. For for
1: a show and
0: for a sitcom. Yeah. So I mean it just absolutely groundbreaking television and so it was it's nice to have this groundbreaking show reference another groundbreaking show even though like it was more the English connection but yeah. It's it's a nice it's a nice little thing.
1: Yes. Actually the show took place in Pittsburgh. Okay. It's right near you. Yes. And because I'm looking, I'm looking at the Wikipedia for it. It was actually, uh, Mr. Belvedere was originally created in a 1947 novel called Belvedere. The The following year, the title character was portrayed by Clifton Webb in the film Sitting Pretty, which told the story of an arrogant genius who answers an employment advertisement for a babysitter for three bratty kids. So yeah, there were, then there were, then there were two, two more movies. Mr. Belvedere goes to college and Mr. Belvedere rings the bell. That's uh, so... And as, as early as the 1950s, attempts were made to adapt the character for television. Three pilots for proposed series were made during the fifties and sixties. Yeah. So this is actually, so this was like a long journey. This was a long journey. This was long in development. And actually I kind of like that it was done in the eighties Yeah, because it made, it made it more entertaining to have this uptight British Butler mm-hmm. in a Pittsburgh household. Oh yeah. So yeah, no, I was, cause I was looking, I, I was looking up some, I will, I wanted to see where it's t- where it actually took place. Um, but then I got deeper into it and saw that it was actually in, hole. in the forties in, in the forties it's it was written.
0: We return to Buffy's room where she's still packing. Willow comes up and for a moment it looks like Willow is ready to apologize for all the weirdness. That is until she sees the bag. Can't blame Willow for that. Buffy's leaving again? What? She just stopped by for her lint brush and now she's off? Buffy says it's not like anyone would mind. Oh, oh no, have a great time. And don't forget to not write. Why is she attacking her? She's trying. Yeah, and that looks so much like giving up. Buffy says she's just trying to make things easier. For who? Buffy says they were doing just fine without her and Willow counters that they were doing the best they could because it's not like they got a whole lot of choice in the matter. Buffy's sorry she had to go, but they didn't know what she was going through. Willow says she'd like to and Buffy says she wouldn't understand. Willow says that maybe she doesn't need to understand. Maybe she just needs Buffy to talk to her. How can she when Willow's always avoiding her? It isn't easy, okay? Buffy's going through stuff, but so is Willow. Buffy knows that she was worried about her, but no! Willow doesn't just mean that. She means her life. She is, you know, dating. Seriously dating. A werewolf. And she's studying witchcraft and she, she didn't have anyone to talk to about all this scary stuff with. And Buffy was supposed to be her best friend. My heart.
1: I know. This is, see, this is where I, you know, I can't blame Willow for being.
0: No. Upset. Everybody sucks and everybody doesn't suck. Pretty much. We leave them for a moment and go to Giles, who is rushing towards Buffy in his very small car. Uh- <laughs> As he drives, he grumbles about Joyce and her (laughs) art. And oh my God, I love this line so much. We quote, we quote this line so, so much. Do you like my mask? Isn't it pretty? It raises the dead. Americans. Americans.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And also like the way, the way he's clutching the steering wheel And he's all scrunched up. He's
0: like so angry. He is (laughs)
1: so... Like, you don't see this side of Giles very often. But the way... Just the way that he is in his tiny little car and he's all bunched up and he's so mad and he's just like
0: a zombie then steps in front of the car and giles just plows right into him of course he doesn't automatically know it's a zombie and so he gets out of the car to check big mistake i mean (coughs) that's fair though he yeah oh yeah The zombie attacks him as more begin to arrive. Then we're back to Buffy and Willow. Buffy tells Willow she has no idea how much she missed her. Missed everyone. She wanted to call every day. But that doesn't matter. Her wanting to call doesn't make it okay that she didn't. Joyce enters and seeing the bag on Buffy's bed, asks what is going on. Is this some sort of joke? Willow tells her Buffy was running away again and Buffy says she wasn't or, or maybe she was. She's not sure. Joyce tells her she better get sure <laughs> because if she thinks she can just come and go anytime she wants, Buffy's clearly overwhelmed. Yeah. Completely unsure of how to voice what she's feeling because everything she says is just coming out wrong.
1: What like, you know what she's trying to say, but it's yeah. really hard for her to to say it.
0: So instead, she tells her mom to stop, to leave her alone, because she can't do this right now. She then heads out of her room and back down the stairs. For a moment, Buffy looks like she's just going to up and leave the party. But Joyce tells her to not even think about leaving the house, because the two of them, they're going to have a talk. They're in the middle of the family room now, (laughs) facing off, and as the music dies, all the attention turns to them. Buffy tries to get her mom not to do this in front of half the school— But Joyce doesn't care. Doesn't care what Buffy's friends think of either of them because she put Joyce through the ringer, And also, she's had schnapps. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Does she have any idea what it's been like? To be worried sick? Unsure if Buffy was laying dead in a ditch somewhere? Buffy reminds her that she's the one who told her to go who told her that if she walked out that door to never come back. She found out who Buffy really was and she couldn't deal. Joyce counters with the fact mm. that Buffy didn't give her time. She just dumped it all on her and guess what? Mom's not perfect. To be
1: to be fair, in Buffy's defense, she really didn't have time to
0: No, she didn't. <laughs> and we talked about this last season. Like it yeah. was just it was the timing was very bad. Yeah, it, w- it was It was
1: a worse day than when she was having it during uh, What's My Line? Yes. But that doesn't
0: give Buffy the right to punish her by leaving. Punish her? She didn't do this to punish her. Xander comes to Joyce's defense saying Buffy might not have meant to, but she did. She should have seen Joyce. Great. Great. Looking around, Buffy asks if anyone else wants to weigh in. What about Jonathan? Over there by the <laughs>
1: Pauses. I. Why? Why are we losing it on this episode?
0: It's just—it's such a funny episode. It's like. It's one of those things that's like funny and also like emotionally traumatic to the point where you like have to start laughing. Yeah, it like
1: because there's so much, there's so much that's going on. And then they go to this shot of Jonathan. <laughs>
0: just like standing there with the chip. With the
1: chip and just like, why are we talking about me? Like his the look of a deer in the headlights.
0: He was like ready to enact T-Rex mode. Like, if I don't move, if I don't, don't move. forget I'm there. <laughs> Poor, and, but, and she's just like you by the dip. Oh, he pauses, chip most of the pain <laughs> in his mouth and says, no, he's good. <laughs> That's a good answer. Good answer, Jonathan. Good job, buddy. Standard <laughs> tells Buffy that what she did, taking off like that, it was incredibly stupid and selfish. OK, she gets it. She screwed up. But none of them knew what she was feeling, what she had to do. Did she try talking to them? To... Anyone? There was nothing they could do. She just had to deal with it on her own. Yeah, well, they all see how well that worked out. Xander tells her she can't keep things buried. They always come up again. What a (laughs) lovely line to include in an episode about zombies. I know, how perfect, but also... This is another one
1: of those moments where everybody is being unfair to each other.
0: Oh, yeah. Everyone is unfair. Like, everyone is absolutely justified in what they are feeling, but everyone should take a moment and let the brain-to-mouth filter kick in.
1: Exactly. Yeah, like, Buffy Like Buffy has a point with what she's saying, Yeah. but the way that it's coming out is not a good way. But then no. everybody else needs to stop ganging up on her and give her a second.
0: We go back to Giles and his struggle with the zombies. He manages to throw <laughs> off the one that attacked him and make it back to the car, only to discover that his keys are still on the outside. <laughs> of course they are. Good thing he had a juvenile delinquent <laughs> slash demon conjuring phase. He hotwires the car and hightails it out of there. Like riding a bloody bicycle. <laughs> Fun fact, the part with him hotwiring the car was censored in Britain because it's deemed an imitatable act. Yep. I had that note too, because I thought that was hilarious. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure no one's going to learn to hotwire a car from Buffy. You know how to do it or you don't.
1: Yeah. I And, and I don't think that the people who are going to want to hotwire cars, I don't know if they watch Buffy.
0: Yeah. The argument is still going on at Casa Summers. Buffy telling Xander that there was no way she could go to him. He made his feelings about her and Angel real clear. Yeah, he's sorry her honey was a demon, but most people don't hop a greyhound over boy troubles. That's when Cordelia comes to the rescue. Kind of. And by kind of, we mean not really. No, no. She tells Xander to hold up, put himself in Buffy's shoes. Okay, she's Buffy, freak of nature. Naturally, she picks a freak for a boyfriend. Not making it better, Cordy. And then he turns into Mr. Killing Spree, which is pretty much her fault. And (laughs) Cordy! (laughs) Buffy tells her to get out of her shoes! Cordelia says she was just trying to help. This, this This whole thing is great, how it's ramping up until... Yeah. Willow starts to say something and Buffy rounds on her, no, please, she can't take it from her too. Which is when Xander tells her to let her finish. She owes Willow that much. So once again... Just little things I notice. Xander is right there coming to Willow's aid because at the end of the day, she is always going to be the most important person to him. Yep. Buffy asks Xander if he could just stick to annoying her on his own behalf. Fine. She stops acting like an idiot and he'll stop annoying her. Idiot? Let's talk about acting like an idiot, Nighthawk. <laughs> Seeing the potential for danger, Oz makes a move to step in, play referee guy. But Willow says no, let them go. Talking isn't helping. Might as well try violence. Cue the zombies crashing through the window. <laughs> that was, it's a great crescendo for this scene. Oh, it is. It totally is. Willow yells that she was <laughs> being sarcastic. And the party goers begin screaming and the zombies attack the gang along with several of the potty goers do what they can to keep the horde at bay so i mean this is this is great this is what we were talking about with larry last episode and like the teenagers at least are starting to notice like no one seems really shocked that there's zombies that that there are zombies attacking this party they're just like yeah okay let's barricade the window so we don't get eaten yeah or they might like
1: or like at the moment, they may be like, what is with this weird gang that's attacking us? You know, we've heard about gangs on
0: PCP. Yeah, but like everyone's
1: just like, yeah, okay,
0: let's do the yeah. gang. Yeah, let's let's just do it. Uh, They do what they can to keep the horde at bay. Buffy, meanwhile, fights with the few that have gotten in. When Joyce attempts to assist by smashing a vase over one of their heads, she asks if they're vampires. (laughs) (laughs) When attempted and failed, staking show that, no, they're not vampires. Bless you, Joyce. And they're not slowing down. No. They just keep coming. Doors, windows, any entrance point they can they can find. Everyone keeps doing the best to fight them, but nothing seems to work. Nothing. Xander even mentions how they wobble, but they won't fall down. (laughs) A popular catchphrase of Weeble Wobbles, which was an egg-shaped toy first made popular in the 1970s and then given a resurgence in the early 2000s.
1: Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. Yes.
0: Eventually, the gang is forced to flee upstairs to Joyce's room. On the way, they find Pat, unconscious in the hall. They drag her inside with them. Oz and Cordelia, however, end up stuck downstairs, and so try to find an alternate place to barricade themselves into.
1: Oh, an R.I.P. dude who answered the phone.
0: R.I.P. dude who answered the phone. Poor he got, stoner dude. He, stoner dude got his neck snapped. Checking Pat's pulse, Willow and Joyce realize she's dead. With there being nothing more they can do for her, they go to help Buffy and Xander hold the door closed. Joyce asking, what happens if the zombies get in the room? Xander is pretty sure it means they die. The mask glows once again and Pat's eyes open. Turns out, Cordy and Oz hid in a closet. (laughs) Not hearing any more signs of struggle, they decide to open the door and investigate, though they bring along ski poles just in case. I like how Cordy's like, here, take this. Rounding a corner, they run into Giles, who tells them it's him. (laughs) Yeah, but how do they know it's real him and not zombie him? He tells Cordelia to stop being tiresome. And she says, yeah, yeah it's him. <laughs> Oz mentions that the dead man's party. Way to go, Oz. Seems to have moved upstairs. Of course. And of course, Oz would. Reference oingo boingo. Oingo boingo. Giles says that makes sense as they're after the mask in Joyce's bedroom. Giles tells them that the mask contains the power of a zombie demon, Ovumo Mobani.
1: I don't know where Cordolfo. I thought I heard him say Cordolfo at some point.
0: Yeah, that's why I was like, "What?" I mean, maybe he did. Like, maybe that's the name of like the sorcerer who put the demon in the mask. Yeah,
1: because there was like I when I was watching it when I was watching it earlier, I feel like I heard the word, but it was like, you know, because sometimes. I tried looking.
0: It's not on the wiki? No, it's not on the wiki, so. Giles tells them the mask contains the power of a zombie demon, Ovu Mobani, and that if any of the zombies were to put it on, they'd become the demon incarnate. Something Cordelia helpfully points out is worse than a normal zombie. Unfortunately, Giles doesn't see any way they can make it past the zombies to the others, which is bad, because not only have the zombies gotten the door open, Pat is up and moving towards the mask. She puts it on, and the other zombies start bowing to her. Xander tells Joyce that when scary things get scared, it's not good. Buffy goes to rush her and she uses the power of the mask to momentarily blind Buffy before throwing her into a wall. She then advances on Willow, warning her not to look. Buffy gets up and launches herself at Pat, taking them both through Joyce's window and onto the roof rolling down to the grass below. Hearing the noise, Giles directs Cordy and Oz to the back of the house, while Joyce and the others keep beating on the zombie in her Hmm. bedroom. In the yard, Buffy and Pat struggle. Giles tells Oz to deliver the message that Ovumobani's power lies... In the eyes, and that she needs to go for the eyes to defeat them. Turns out she didn't really need to be told that. <laughs> as picking up a shovel, she shoves it in Pat's eyes. She and all the other zombies disappear, leaving Joyce, Giles, and the Scoobies to find one another. So, this is a typical day at the office? No, this is nothing. <laughs> Joyce and Buffy hug before Buffy and Willow do the same. Buffy and Xander compliment each other's moves. Seems like they really did just need a bit of violence. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they, they really got out a lot of their their anger on those zombies. We
0: go to the next day in Snyder's office, and oh, I, I love what's uh, about to yes, happen. Yes, yes, of course we do. Giles goes into the office and tells Snyder he'd like to have a word. If that word is Buffy Summers, then he has two words for Giles. Good riddance. Giles tells Snyder that he can't keep her out of school. He has no grounds for the expulsion. Oh, he has grounds grounds, precedents, and a tingly sort of feeling. Stop Again. with the tingly! <laughs> why does he need to tell everybody about his tip? One, why does he keep getting tingly feelings? And two, why does he feel the need to tell everyone? People do not need to know about that. Inside thoughts, Snyder. Inside thoughts. Buffy is a minor and entitled to a public education. Well, then Snyder suggests he take it up with the town council. Giles was thinking more of the State Board of Education. He could and will, make life for Snyder very difficult. Professionally speaking, of course. And when he's done, Buffy Summers will be let back in. Snyder isn't convinced, so Giles stops playing nice and lets the Ripper out, slamming Snyder into his own filing cabinet. Would he like Giles to convince him? He shakes his head and we go to the last scene of the episode. The espresso pump where Buffy and Willow have met for coffee. Buffy tells Willow she's not a full-fledged witch. Not yet. She did a few blessings and a small glamour to hide a zit. Buffy asks if it scares her and she admits that it can. Like she tried to communicate with the spirit world and she was not ready for that. (laughs) It felt like she was being torn apart. Plus she blew the power on the whole block. Buffy wishes she could have been there for Willow and Willow says she does too. Buffy says she's sorry. And Willow says it's okay. She understands Buffy having to bail and she forgives that and can make allowances for what Buffy's going through. It's all part of being a grown up. Buffy tells her she's really enjoying the moral superiority, isn't she? <laughs> it's like a drug. <laughs> it's fine. Buffy's the bad. She can take her lumps for a while. Willow promises to stop and then calls Buffy a runaway. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. Quitter. Whiner. Baylor. <laughs> Harpy. As they continue to tease one another, we fade to black.
1: The end. Yay. Oh. This is
0: such a good episode. This
1: episode is so good. It's, it's like we said, it's, it's so much fun. It is heavy, but. But the,
0: that that's what Buffy does best. Yeah,
1: Marty really knows how to balance those moments. And yeah. the way that the, the way that the scene at the party, the way that it, builds until the zombies come in is just excellent so good
0: but yeah no i mean this is what this i mean this is some of marty's finest writing i think this is definitely what buffy does best it takes these very these heavy moments these very real world moments and it just seamlessly weaves it yep into this like horror fantasy and comedy and it's just yeah so good
1: yeah oh great next week next week the writer is our favorite david greenwald
0: (laughs) yay (laughs) Oh, I need to find a script. I need to know how he describes Faith. <laughs> I need to find a script oh for next week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so speaking of that, that's it for this week. Thank you all for listening and make sure to join us next time when we take on season three, episode three, Faith, Hope, and Trick, where we're going to meet two new characters, one of whom is our absolute favorite. Yep.
1: Mr. Trick. Oh, we love Mr. Trick. And I think Mary and I are divided on Faith.
0: We are divided on Faith. Yes. But... I will admit that I, I think I like Faith a little bit more as I go back and watch it now that I'm older. Yeah. I think at the time I just, I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll talk it. About we'll, faith. We'll, see, we'll see how I do with Faith next week yeah. and then we'll talk about yeah. it. At least it's not Nadia. At least it's not Nadia. Until then, check out our various social media channels, all of which will be listed in the show notes. And if you like the show and you want to let us know it, you can subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or write to us directly at thewatchersdiaries at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.